Hey, there's something over the hill. I forget what episode this is, because Abigail's not here. She's feeling sick. Uh, but yeah, I'm here with we're on this <laughs> with Ryan Patrick Hooper. We're just talking to each other. Yeah. On a stage, in front of a bunch of chairs. Yeah. They're gonna be filled with people later, though. Yeah. Is the idea. Yeah, we got one fan in the chair. <laughs> Zingda. <laughs> it's a f- box fan. It's a box fan. Twenty dollar box fan. For those listeners at home. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. I don't well, know. thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, you're like more professional than this bullshit. I don't know about that. You're on like the real radio, the radio waves. I am. And you write, and you. I write. Yeah. You're like Hunter S. Thompson, basically. I gotta call you out on Dude, that. Dude, the bucket hat looks very good on you. <laughs> uh, I gotta call 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 Bart out on this, because um, I think when people refer to journalists as, uh, "Are you Hunter S. Thompson? Are you in?" Sp- What's up? Hey, you want to come say hi? <laughs> oh, I forgot. Okay, I won't. You want to say hello to our internet radio audience? Hello. This is Kay, my lovely bartender for the you show. You know it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's my secret lover under the red light. They don't know it yet, but we know it, though. Ain't that right, baby? Hell yeah. All right, I gotta go. Okay, bye. <laughs> That's Kay. What? Oh, God. <laughs> I might have fucking... Lovely. You lovely. better give Thank me that you, back Kay. tonight. Fucking almost every week I gotta stop bringing cash here man (laughs) (laughs) Well it's the thing with Hunter S. Thompson You know I think that's people's go to And I always uh, I always think like well they should read more books There's a lot more (laughs) 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 Journalists out there Than Hunter S. Thompson But he was definitely an inspiration uh, Probably more than I know But I don't attempt to write like him at all And I I don't think anybody should I think if you end up trying to write like Hunter S. Thompson, you end up writing uh, a similar style to his late in career ESPN columns, which were not very good. See, so I don't even know shit about Hunter S. Thompson aside yeah. from thank you, Kay. All right. Yeah, I mean Hunter S. Thompson was. I think the core thing about him is that he was a very good journalist, especially experienced journalism, which. Everything is rooted in experienced journalism and like setting a scene today. Like if you th- if you look at Vice or yeah. Vice Land or anything that they do, there's so much Hunter S. Thompson in that DNA because they're going places, they're having the experiences. Uh, but Hunter S. Thompson was a very good journalist. I mean, he covered things well and he did them appropriately. And like high as fuck, right? And high as fuck. I mean, the drugs are a big part of it. But I, I think at the end of the day, probably a little exaggerated. This is, this oh, is my own yeah. opinion. I think that he understood the appeal of uh, Dude, being yeah. this character to a certain degree. And if you read a lot of biographies about him, th- there is some back and forth about whether or not that drug and in, in, you know drug habit was as predominant as people like to think. Well, it's mean, like I Bill O'Reilly. Like Bill O'Reilly, if you're having a beer with Bill O'Reilly 
He's probably a fine guy. When he goes on TV, yeah. it's a character. Well, dude, a I'm not defending Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Editor's note. I, I like how you looked at the box fan. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think to a degree, like, any sort of... Like, if you're famous for something, like, that's not all of you, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's an exaggeration. For sure. Like I mean, comedy. Yeah, exactly. Like, before I did this, like, I played in a metal band, and I was like, oh, fucking metal dude, you know? But yeah, now I do this, and... But I often think... And I'm a funny guy. <laughs> you're a funny guy, but <laughs> you do have a really good taste in music. Thank you, you. You've showed me some really good music. Have and I? I feel like you have some of those core principles, because in punk communities and metal communities, they do have, like, an integrity... And like a truthfulness and an honesty and sort of a being real. And the whole point of punk and metal is is fuck the bullshit, right? For it's sure. like here's a more authentic version. And you, you have Dude. those core principles about you. Thank you. That's why I like you. <laughs> Even though I did think your name was legitimately Bart Dangus. It totally Which it is. is. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I think everything that I've been interested in through my entire life has been the like fuck this like this is stupid like it started with like skateboarding sure then like weirdo like disgusting music and now like comedy that's like i don't know i'm talking about like ducks and (laughs) (laughs) bullshit you know i don't know quack quack but that's the whole point of those genres is people being fed up with things not being real or things being manipulated They want it to. That's that's why those communities strive, dude. You know what I hate though? It's hardcore music. <laughs> like you mean like uh, breakdowns where people are throwing elbows dude, in the it's pit? It's like, it like, it's. I mean, like that's fun to get rowdy at a show, but, and I don't know that much hardcore music. I was just around it a bunch, and it just all sounded the fucking same to me. Um, I don't know. And then everyone just seemed like really like cocky or something yeah yeah and that straight edge bullshit like was really obnoxious yeah i think maybe the cancer of metal and punk (laughs) is is straight edge is not straight edge but testosterone yeah i mean i like enough is a you just need a little sprinkle yeah but But not like like pounding my chest no like to a breakdown what's the term today it's it's uh toxic oh, masculinity, masculinity. Yeah. right which is a rebranding of just Mas- too much testosterone yeah. you know what yeah, i mean yeah. too much man yeah but those 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 genres those scenes start out of something that is pure pure yeah. and good and they're trying to <laughs> offer an alternative uh to like corporate reality and you know suburban reality and all yeah. that shit and that's a good thing they start out as a good thing and then they usually get co-opted because your band uh, rules rules and start selling their T-shirts at Hot Topic. Dude, yeah, fuck. You know. Um. Okay, so uh, I think you should give like your real credits. Like, what do you <laughs> do? I mean, because uh, you're kind of like you're like the most famous media person that I know. Well, you don't know a lot of people. I don't. Right. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> He's nervous. It's it's an honor to be here. Um, yeah, uh, I've been working in journalism for twelve years. Did you get so a degree in it? 
What's that? Do you get a degree in it or no, no, straight out of high school. Hell yeah! So I started writing for my high school newspaper uh, in Royal Oak, Michigan, suburb of Detroit. And uh, the only reason I did that is because I had uh, honestly really good guidance counselors who were like, you know, you've got a talent for writing, and you should turn that into something. Sick. And uh, I didn't really give it much uh, credence at the time. I didn't really yeah. believe in it, but as I got older. And I started thinking about what I wanted to do. I was like, well, I've had people tell me I'm good at this, so maybe I should do that. And yeah. uh, not to be cheesy, but I just believed that I could be good at it. So I won some awards writing for my high school newspaper. It was a very prestigious high school newspaper. They won, they won awards all the time. So I, I worked my way up to their level. Damn. I didn't bring that to them. They already had some really yeah, talented yeah. young journalists there. Um, and subplot, it is important to like be in high school and write and work for your high school newspaper. That's, if that's something you're into, you should do it. I know we have a lot of high school lo- listeners on oh, this I'm podcast. Oh, I'm sure. Tons of them. Um, and then from there, uh, I got out of high school and I said, well, I could go to college. Or I had an opportunity at an alternative weekly here in Detroit. It was called Real Detroit Weekly. It's not around anymore. It got eaten up by Metro Times, which is still around. And um, I wrote for them and became a music editor there. And I was just kind of convinced that I could do this. Uh, even at that time, I was making, uh, it was seven cents a word. I mean, I was living off like $150 a week <laughs> and like eating peanut butter and hot and ready pizzas just to fill myself up. And, um, but still loved it. And I stayed with it and I just freelanced for a bunch of different places. Uh, Kind of got sidetracked, became a creative director for a company around here. Stayed there for like seven years, but I always still wrote on the side. And then really uh, this year is when things started um, coming together. I quit my job as a creative director about a year ago. And uh, now I do some freelance work for the Detroit Free Press. Uh, I don't represent them in any way, but I do freelance for them. And uh, I'm a producer for a show called Culture Shift on WDT 101.9 FM which is the NPR affiliate here in Detroit. Dude, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, Abigail just had that show, and somebody was listening to that NPR station. They said her name. Yeah. And she was, like, fucking pumped. <laughs> well, that's the whole point of public radio is to, yeah. like, represent the public. Yeah. And we try to do a good job of that. And Culture Shift is a music show, and then we do a lot of profiles of local art and things like that. So, um, like, A.J. Fossick, he's a Detroit native. He lives in Portland now, but he came back home. This is his first solo exhibition. He's at Library Street Collective. Amazing show. But just highlighting stuff like that, highlighting local music, or just good national music. Yeah, yeah. Um, you done so anything on Bonnie Dune? Bonnie Dune. No, but I know the name. Okay. Yeah. It's like a uh, dude, Josh Brooks and Bill Billy Lennox. I, don't I know Billy Lennox. Yeah. I've known Billy Lennox since I was like 12 years really? old. Yeah. Dude, their band fucking rips. Yeah. And they like just put out a record and record a new one. I don't know. They're yeah. fucking good though. I'm going I'm to bring them in. <laughs> We're going to do something. We're going to do something. So fucking, you're right. Wait, so if if any of your employers like hear this, will you get in trouble? Like uh, as long as I, you know. Don't say like fuck them. Keep it cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love my employers. No, that's sick. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> it's been a good year, uh, and it's been fun. Um, I don't know. The the coolest thing that I ever heard was uh, someone here locally just saying, you know, it's nice to have someone that I feel represents me, 
having a voice in media. And I think it's important to tell the stories that aren't told. And we try to do that. And I try to do it with journalistic integrity and leave my voice out of it and just broadcast people's stories. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've, you know, 12 years isn't that long. There's been journalists that have done it way longer. I I don't know everything. Believe me, I'm still learning. It's like the fucking journey of a comedian, man. (laughs) Like, I, I hit, like, three years, and I'm like, holy shit, right. three years, but holy shit, I yeah. need to do, like, another, like, 15 to do right. anything. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's, Fuck, it's the things that have happened this year have been things that I've been hoping for my entire yeah. career, my entire life. Uh, so it's very, very gratifying. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I remember I was talking to a really young journalist who was, like, one or two years into the game. And he was saying, uh, you know, I want people to hear my voice and I want to tell my side of things. I was like, well, I don't know if journalism is the best thing for you because it's not about hearing your voice or what you want to say. It's about telling someone else's else's story and telling it accurately. Um, And that's important. And sometimes you look around, you're like, well, I, I don't know if people are telling just the story. I feel yeah. like they're telling th- what they think the story is. And that's not that's not journalism. Yeah. I mean, that totally reinforces my thought is I'm not a fucking writer, even <laughs> though I wrote something. I read your piece. For, you wrote yeah. about Electric Forest. Yeah. You didn't but, like but it. But it was just a, a yeah. But it, yeah, I mean that, you know, that's that's that there's nothing wrong with that, but at the same time I think people write like that because of places like Vice, and I'm not knocking Vice, but yeah. I do think that they have created a perception that it should be, you know, Hunter S. Thompson, going back to that, uh-huh. he was telling you about an experience, but he was telling it accurately, and he was telling it with a little bit of a journalistic integrity. Yeah. You got to know him a little bit, but it wasn't just him. You met a lot of characters along the way. Yeah. And, you know... Maybe people need to remember that it's it's not about you. Like you wanna, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I think first and foremost, in my, I don't know, artistic endeavors, mm. I'm a comic, and I want everything to feed that. Sure. You know. Sure. I mean, even with this thing, you know. Yeah, it matched your tone perfectly. Oh hell yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but that that was like a good exercise for me and and fun. I woke up that morning. I don't want to admit this, but I like uh, when I wake up, there, there's probably 20 seconds between me waking up and having a phone in my Dude, hand and yeah, looking at too. Twitter. It's disgusting. I it's a little disgusting, it. but I don't stop. Like, I don't hate I, it enough where I stop, yeah. you know? I definitely like, I'm like, okay, I should do something else. But I'm like, <laughs> okay, like one more minute. Right. <laughs> right. I do that too. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's 12:55 yeah. by one o'clock. You need yeah. to be. Oh, you have five minutes. Yeah. And be like, okay, well, but like, <laughs> at 101, that's what I meant, though. You know, <laughs> like, because I want that minute. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe you can do it where it's like, this is my voice, and I'm gonna be consistent with that voice. I just like, I can't write about anything personal. Like, I could give you a thousand words on Bobby Bob, and I'll tell his story. But if someone was like, "Give me a thousand words on who you think you are," I'd be like, Dude, "I well, can't do it. Question, I, I can't do it." Well, I'm just saying I can't write anything personal. I have a tough time with it. But telling someone else's story, I just feel natural. 
And but, maybe it's already a generational thing where that's just how I was raised and that's how you're supposed to write. Mm. Um, and now I think people, there is this a lot of the personal brands and the social media and your individualistic voice. Yeah. But to me, I just don't give a shit about any of that. I, I, I don't want anyone to hear my voice in these stories. I want to be able to tell other people's stories. And it sounds cheesy, but I genuinely, that, that is my day to day and that's what I want to do. Yeah, that's badass. Thank you. Well, so what made you start doing stand-up? And how long have you been doing it? Not long. I think I did my first stand-up probably seven years ago. But it's been a very, like, right. fractured. Yeah. Ever. I'm just comfortable talking, so I'm always, like, you know, I just did it to try it. Dude, but that, uh, like, those those are the best fucking comics that they just talk the way that they talk. Right. Because I fucking, anytime I can hear, like, so guys. Oh, shit. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I know That's she's too off mic to yeah. be for anyone to pick that up, but it she's was great. She's doing the same thing she does at Prankus every week. <laughs> like she'll just come in through the curtain and start yelling some shit. I'm surprised it's taken her this long to get on stage because she clearly wants to be on stage, yeah. but just can't pull the trigger. <laughs> so she just comes back. We're in this. She she also knows like you know her time slot though. Like she'll come in and <laughs> like kill for like 30 seconds right. and then be like, I'm out of here. <laughs> but yeah so Dude. seriously like doing comedy seriously or trying to do it seriously uh probably in the past year so not a lot of experience but yeah but like back to you saying about how you you're comfortable talking like i'd like to think and i really strive to talk the way that i talk because i feel like that's like a huge part of finding your voice and standing out and I, dude, I just get so burnt out on setups that are clearly like, like either like segue transitions or setups or, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But the second I walk on stage, you got, I'm like, where, where did that fucking voice go? Yeah. Like, where did my voice go? It's gone. Yeah. It's t And that's the, that's the challenge. That's why you see guys that have been doing comedy for 20 years. Like watching uh, Dave Chappelle, he was in town. He did six nights Dude, or whatever. Yeah, I didn't go. Um, it was great. I was able to review it for the Detroit Free Press, and that was his oh, return show. Yeah. Return show from 2015, I want to say, when he was really stoned, and people were saying it was a bad show or whatever. Oh, so it was yeah. a big deal. That's why they had they sent me there because it was kind of Fuck. like a monumental thing. Like, what is he going to say about that last experience? And he, he talked about it on his specials for Netflix yeah. this year that came out earlier this year. I think he opened his the first yeah. Netflix special with Detroit. He apologized to Detroit and said, you know, I was really Whoa. stoned. Called out Danny Brown as being the rapper that got him high backstage. Uh -huh. Danny Brown owned that. Good good on the, the PR team of Danny Brown for owning that. Yeah. Um, but I went there, and I was able to write about it, and it was incredible. I was next to a guy that was a repeater. So everything oh. that, yeah, it was everything that Dave Chappelle said, he repeated, like, the last couple of words and was overly excited and just, like, overly animated, uh, and that kind of sucked. But dude, I was happy with the review. And then uh, I was able to get back in. I went a couple nights after that because I was like, Dave Chappelle's in town. If you have an opportunity to see him twice, yeah. why wouldn't you? Well, yeah, we're gonna dude. we're gonna die saying, you know, he's top ten. I think. Oh, hundred percent. And talking about voice, dude, this motherfucker is nothing but voice. You're hearing, 
Dave yeah. Chappelle. Of course, an exaggeration of Dave Chappelle, but still like a very natural. He's very natural and, and sure. smokes like a chimney on stage. Dude, that's sick, though. Yeah, he was incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And the two shows um, were different, but the pillars were the same. So he yeah. probably had like six pillars. And by pillars, I mean routines. Like he had like his yeah, yeah. building blocks that yeah. I think we'll end up seeing on a special probably yeah. later this year, early next year. Um, incredible. Uh, and he ended on a Emmett Till joke. Uh, which was very funny. It's tough Emma to make Till? it funny. Emma Till, yeah. I don't know who that is. Well, in the 1950s, he, he was a victim of, of hate em- and racism. Emmett Till. Till. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he was dragged behind a truck for several miles. And oh, it's shit. It's one of the greatest casualties of, of the civil rights movement. A horrible, heart-wrenching story. And he used that story and a photo of Emmett Till that ended up in the newspapers around the country. The thing with Emmett Till is that he was so badly injured and brutalized uh, at the hands of white hate. Um, And his mother uh, brought his body to Chicago and said, I'm not having a closed casket. Uh, This this casket's going to stay open. You're going to see the face of my son who is brutalized. Um, And it, it... it's credited and it definitely was a part of, of uh, why we had the civil rights act in 65. I mean, it it was something that woke up the country and uh, I'm not spoiling Dave Chappelle's joke, but he connected it to some things that are going on politically. And that's masterclass to be able to take something that was so serious and so critical and, and, and find um, humor in it and uh, in a way that only Dave Chappelle could and Dude. tie it today. It was, it was social commentary in the same way that a Dick Ge- Dick Gregory would do, yeah. Yeah, that a Richard Pryor would do. Um, Stanhope. I mean, it was amazing. Dude, amazing. I'm, I'm going to see Stanhope at the Ooh. end of the week. Where's he at? Uh, dude, he has like four shows in Michigan. Where? Uh, dude, he was just in Kalamazoo yesterday. Okay. I forget where he is today. He's got one in Detroit on Friday. Where? Westland, uh, I don't know, some weird. I want to go. I've never heard of it. Dude, I want to go. If you want to, we're going to Toledo just because Abby's off that night. But if you want to go with us, fucking buy a ticket. We'll all go together. So why are you going to Toledo? Because he's in Toledo? That, that's a, well, it's a 45 minutes, and then Abby isn't working that night, and she wants to see him. So So you're going to Toledo to Westland? Oh, uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm going to try and, like, see if I mix his drinks or, like, Wait, is Stanhope in Toledo? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were doing hitting like the Ottawa Tavern and then going to see him. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. He's going to be at the Toledo Funny Bone, maybe. I cool. I don't fucking know. But that's the one we're going to on third Wednesday. Shit. Wednesday uh, or Friday? I'll have to look. No, Friday's Detroit. This is a good podcast. I know. Right we're just trying to figure <laughs> out what we're talking about. <laughs> we, we're like half a beer in, too, and Jesus. Uh, uh, so this is something funny that I will say. Uh, my girlfriend just hit me up and said, please, 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 can I have the HBO login? It knocked me out, and I haven't watched Game of Thrones yet. Well, I haven't either, bitch. <laughs> Are you going to give it to her? Yeah, I will. Are you going to hold out? I will. No, I'll give it to her. It's not my HBO login. Oh. I mean, it's probably it's like incestuous. I don't even know whose original HBO login <laughs> it is at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'd love to go on a date. Dude, uh, yeah, let's fucking do it. To Doug Stanhope with, with you. Dude, it's crazy, like, how much different stand-up is live 
than Netflix. Like, it, it's kind of hard for me to watch those. It's a different beast. And to, like, buy into it, you know? And, unfortunately, the jump from a local comedy shows to a national comedy show, you're like, whew, we got a long yeah. way to go. I'm Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it can be so fucking shitty. And then you sucks. see a local comedian that's transcending. Dude. And you're like, holy shit. Like Wenzel? Uh... Yes, absolutely, Brad Wenzel. Incredible. Dude, he's been on Conan twice. Twice? Yeah. Goes to L.A. He lives does there, Does, like, yeah. Pat Oswalt, does the big Dude. shows out there. Is kind of, you know, ingrained in that local scene. Um, but even someone that's not necessarily moved out to uh, uh, L.A., I think... Uh, Who do you think? Diego Atanasio. Dude, he... Blows my mind every time I see him. Uh, Blaine uh, Hill. Diego and Josh Adams. Josh like, Adams, incredible. I think they're like the two biggest yeah. dudes here. And I, I view that as like I've done a little bit of comedy, but also as like an arts and culture critic. Like I'm watching it and I'm looking at certain things, and I think those guys are just, they're yeah. ready. Yeah. They're ready. Dude, uh, yeah. And also, the number one, if I was going to put $5 on someone's head, who's going to succeed out of here next? Um I think Jeffrey Ford. Jeffrey Ford is someone to me. See, I don't know that guy. Oh, incredible. Jeffrey Ford is incredible, has a style I've never seen, and, and just blows my mind. Yeah. Sick. And he tours. He does some national stuff, but I think we're like a year or two years away from yeah. from seeing him uh, blow up. It's weird. Like, I don't know. It, it feels like it's almost like you have to – I have. I don't know. It, like, how do you do that? Like, it seems like it's a lot of chance, but also a lot of hard work. Yeah. Like, if you're given that, like, one second of possibility and you fucking kill it, yeah. then you're in. And if you keep grinding, you know? I don't know. I think it's the same thing with any opportunity. Uh, you know. You think? I, but how many people are stand-up comedians <coughs> in the U.S. that yeah. are, like, making it? No, it's tough. It's tough, but um, you can't stop. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, like uh, I look at my uh, little comedy outings and there's no. uh, (laughs) I'm like, well, you don't you don't consistently do anything enough for it to ever succeed, you know. Yeah. Um, But then I, I look at these guys who. Like, I go up five, six nights a week. You know, these guys that are talking like that. Um, and I think some of them have a shot. But, of course, some of them don't. Yeah. You know? I I don't like, know how you do it. I think you just don't stop yeah, doing it. I think you have to be, like, really real with yourself, too. Yeah. Like, like and not be like, be like, this should be getting a laugh. But if it's not, right. it's not, dude. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm terrified of being the dude... 10 years in and nobody like even to a local scene like like Lloyd Digg ooh shit <laughs> I, I mean I don't know much about him but I'm terrified of that I don't know yeah you don't want to look back and be like be like Ugh, blue. yeah what yeah. do I have to show here yeah but that's that's the gamble yeah right like people like if you listen to like rap songs and shit it's like uh, or like t-shirts <laughs> 
t-shirts from like uh dude uh, i listen to so many t-shirts <laughs> t-shirts that say like uh no risk no reward oh i fucking hate those but i, I but agree. sometimes what they're saying is like the risk is 10 years of doing comedy Dude, yeah, it is. You know and, I mean? and then being nowhere. <laughs> like, I always thought of it as, like, no risk, no reward. And I'm like, oh, you have to make a decision uh, in five seconds. That is your risk, you know. But sometimes that risk is this 10-year-long, 15-year-long thing yeah. uh, that you don't associate. I don't associate risk with longevity. But sometimes a risk is 10 years long, and you have nothing to show for it. And, and that's a scary uh, risk. Yeah. That, yeah, that. That also scares me getting to the point where it's like, okay, nothing's happening. Now what? What are you going to do? What would I do? What would you do? Um, I don't know. Like, honestly, I know I'm only three years into it, but I feel like I'm going to just fucking keep grinding and die trying or, like, do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know because that's my goal to is to tell shit jokes for a living. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean I, I. Yeah, I don't. Like for the longest time, I thought. I don't know, like like I played in metal bands and shit, and like I'm like okay, I need to, and I was working at a restaurant. It's like okay, I need to get like a real job, and so I did like programming for a bit, and then I got a real job, and I'm like. This is fucking stupid. Why would I waste so like why? Who fucking cares? And so I kind of gave up on like ooh like I should hide my like shit like my who like I really feel like I am or whatever and I should just do it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean is the st- like you have you had struggle trying to do it? Oh, fuck yeah. And then you probably have moments where it's great. Dude, oh, when it, like, yeah, even, like, those little twinkles of, like, fuck, that was good. Like, sometimes I dread coming here (laughs) to do this show, but then it's normally good, and I'm, like, growing a crowd, and, like, people enjoy it, and that's, like, a fucking win for me. Right. I'm, like, one of the only open, or the only open mic with a beer sponsor. You do have a beer sponsor. Yeah. And the crowd's always great. And your room's great. Yeah. And I always resent you for that because you fucking moved here from Arizona <laughs> and you found the best room. Dude. And it was right under our nose the entire time. That's And that's what you fucking need, just a tiny-ass room that, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it, it feels very DIY. For sure. In here. In a which, charming way. Yeah, yeah. Still pretty professional. Pretty shitty. Oh, here comes Kay. Can I have a beer? Yeah, I mean. You doing uh, table service, Kay? Might as well. I'm already back here. <laughs> yeah, might as well. What kind of lighter you got? Uh, mini Bic. Bought it today. I'll take another one. You put it on mine, too. Shit. <laughs> that's nice. We're that's nice. Fucking table service on the stage. Did you come and do my uh, four-episode run of a podcast? No. You never made it in. We've we've been we yeah. we circle each it's other been hard. Wait, so it, is it dead? Um, it's dead. Yeah. It this is like the reboot, not the first episode of the reboot of the. I'm of not this. the guy that's gonna bring you listeners. Dude, no. <laughs> 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 I gotta talk to Zoe Lagone again. I have to follow up with her. We want to do a story on her. Hell yeah. 
yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really expect any, like, the main reason I keep doing this and where we got, like, we kind of blew it for, like, two months where we stopped doing it. And we were like, yeah, we should do it. We should do it. And then we kind of realized how many good things came from doing sure, this. Sure, 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 sure. Hey, don't, get, don't make this a fucking habit. <laughs> Thanks, Mama. <laughs> that's like, that's, you know, her whole thing's being tough. But like I said, I, she just wants stage time, man. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't buy the <laughs> the veneer. Mm-mm. Her veneers? Are you saying she's <laughs> fake teeth? <laughs> I don't buy her veneers or her veneer, <laughs> which is like, well, like a fake, like a, a false yeah. perception. Um, But yeah, dude, so many good things that come from this stupid fucking rambling, getting drunk and rambling in mics. Right. Like, I mean, that's how I ended up writing for that. Uh, that the Metropolitan? Yeah. Are you allowed to say that? Yeah. Well, oh, he, that he's actually like, a, he's sponsoring this, so he's going like, to oh, promote nice. it. Um, yeah. Well, I, I've been aware of the Metropolitan for a long time because he walked into the Guardian building when I was working in there. And we talked for a while, so I've been familiar and I followed it. And it's dope because especially now, I think he was too early to the game. But if you look around the country, there's a lot of like neighborhood newspapers that are popping up uh-huh. as sort of a response to like uh, just not getting coverage. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so I think now is probably a better time to have something like the Metropolitan than it was in... Whatever that was, 2013, whenever he started it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pumped because he, he's going to start printing it again. Yeah. And I'm excited for that. Uh, but, yeah, and, like, even just, like, like talking to Zoe. Yeah. We did a podcast with her, and it got, like, 2,000 listens. Sh- it's that's amazing. But shout out to her. Her Instagram is very funny. I don't oh know yeah. if that's, like, who she really is on Instagram, but she is very funny. No, she's, she's pretty silly. Yeah, that's great. Silly and sexy. And, like, a sex-positive uh, suck shop. Very cool. Dude, yeah, it's cool. And, like, we went in there, and I don't know, she let me, you know, put a fucking dildo on my head, and, like, right. it wasn't, like, uptight about any of that shit. Oh, it's so progressive. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's about fucking time. I, so the thing is, I, my high school job was working in a sex shop. Oh fuck! Right, so I have a little respect oh, for her. Oh, your Kay's coming Kay's back, back. cause she can't fucking stay away from the spotlight. <laughs> just for the listeners, she grabbed my cigarette and I didn't say no. I'm just kind of a giving guy. And thanks, Kay. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's your job. You're a bartender. She doesn't understand the off mic concept, but you know, it's cool. Yeah, so I worked in a sex shop when I was 16, and uh, those were good times. Yeah? Yeah. Aren't those, like, teenage shitty jobs, like, so much fun? They are, because I... you can just fuck off. Yeah, like, yeah. Dude. You, ca- you can fuck off, but I'll run you through mine. I was 12 yeah. years old. Oh, my God. 12 years old, my 12? first job, yeah. At a sex shop? Not a sex oh, shop. Okay. Not at a sex oh. shop. At a comic book store. Okay. Which, when you're 12 years old, Warp 9 Dude. and Clausen, still there, has survived so many, like, economic ups and downs. Jesus. Has Is seen the heyday. Like, I remember working there, and it was like, they're making a Spider-Man movie. Oh, and th- my this God. was nuts, yeah. because they didn't make super uh, they didn't make superhero movies yeah. back in the day. So we got the posters for the Spider-Man movie, which I think is still probably one of the best, like, superhero movies ever made. Like the first Spider-Man? The first one with Tobey Maguire yeah. and Sam Raimi. Local guy. Um, yeah, so we were there, and I made uh, $5 an hour, and I worked three hours every Saturday. 
and this was in Clawson, Michigan, which these two institutions are still there. Warp 9, so I made my $15 every Saturday. I'd walk across the street and go to Flipside Records, and I was 12 years old, and there was the hot alternative chick with, like, spiky hair and was tattoos, and I was like, this is so fucking cool. Dude, goddamn. It was amazing, and her name was Jen, and I would buy my Pixies record, or I would buy uh-huh. my Nirvana B-side. I had an incredible collection of Nirvana B-sides that I would eventually sell for weed when I was, like, 15. Regret it to this day. But still, I would buy it, and that would be my Walkman all week until the next Saturday when I make another $15, buy a new CD. And that was, like, my introduction to music. Damn. Um, a lot of Pixies, mostly. And uh, from there, Meyer pushing shopping uh, carts, yeah. but with all my friends. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. incredible. Like, you know, it's not, you, have no, you don't have a worry in the world. Yeah. You know, it's like you just, it's incredible. Dude, yeah. I'd hide in the Meyer bathroom and eat nutter, nut, Nutty Buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Extend a 15-minute break to like a 18-minute break Whoa. and just kind of get crazy with it. Damn, fucking rebel. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, when I was 16, I just had to get a job and I wanted something cool. Maybe I was like 15 or 16, but I made a poster. So I got a poster board and it said why you should hire... Ryan Patrick Hooper, and it was I, I used picture m- your dick. And I used magazine cutouts of like people I thought represented me. So there was like oh my god, uh, this giant black dude on a like in <laughs> space holding a Mountain Dew can, like jumping at your face. Hopefully what? someone remembers that ad because it was like a big <laughs> ad, big ad yeah. campaign they did back in the day. So I cut him out, and then I had like an Asian woman. And uh, like a picture of a family. So these were the three things I chose to represent myself. Very Asian diverse woman? and very progressive, even wow. back before you uh, legally had to be. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I put them on the poster and it was like uh, me plus uh, a clock, which represented punctuality. So it was like me plus being on time equals always. Because clock always right because that's like what a job would want they want you to always be on time yeah or like it was like me plus this picture of a family equals good with people like i can talk to people and i had my friend like hold it in front of so so i wore a little shitty suit like the one i'm wearing right now yep and uh i had my friend uh rihanna dixon rihanna dixon edit that um, I'm not editing that. She looked <laughs> like uh, she wore a dress, and she was so game. I remember calling her like day of, and being like, "Hey, you're gonna put on a dress and hold this sign, and like be my Vanna White." And she was like just into it, and she was the coolest. She wore a Cramps T-shirt before anyone knew what the Cramps were. She before was amazing. You buy it at Hot Topic. Yeah, like seriously, seriously. Yeah, yeah. She was very, very cool. She was like, "Let's drink coffee," and I'm like, "I've never had coffee," <laughs> but uh, oh, she was shit. like my first crush. Um, just give me a call if you're out there. And uh, she held the sign, and we went into every store in downtown Royal Oak. Me in my shitty suit, her looking lovely in her dress and holding this sign. And uh, I took apart my mom's like clothes clothes dryer, like the hanger. You know what I mean? It like was collapsible, and you could put wet clothes on it, and they would dry it. I took a rod out of that and turned it into the pointy stick. 
Oh my god! Yeah, Holy dude. Shit. I wish there was a picture of this. Like, I don't even know if people believe this story, but it's very true. Because the details will let you know that it was true. So we went all through downtown Royal Oak and like got a pretty good response. Like people Wait, were like, "Did you stand outside?" Or no, no, we would. Okay. I would just march into a business. Because I'm imagining you pointing to a picture of an Asian lady plus a clock, and it says "always." <laughs> so what? Well, I think I, I ex- explained it. So I what? Know, I know, but that, that's yeah. like what I'm. Right, it's confusing. <laughs> it's confusing now because I don't know what I was thinking. Um, you know, don't hang on to that creativity in your teens because I'd kill. I would kill to go back to that man's mind, that boy's mind, and be like, "What? What was the logic? Like, what were you thinking?" And I'm sure, I'm hopefully, uh, past me would be like, "No, it's this," and I'd be like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> wow, that's brilliant." Uh, of course, that won't be the case. But anyway, we marched into all these businesses, so like Main Art. And shout out to Royal Oak for all the, a lot of these small businesses still being there. It was like Main Art Theater, which is still like the de facto art house film theater for for Michigan. They got a stage. Uh, they don't have a stage, but we could we could book some there. Dude, wasn't I- didn't James something something? Doesn't he do like movie shows? You should definitely edit this out. Anyway, so we went to Main Art Theater. Not editing anything. <laughs> we went to Pattaya, which I think is still there. It's like a woman's clothing store. Went to all these different places. Peter, and yeah. Yeah. People, I think, uh... I think there's one of those in Arizona. Yeah, they're, like, chains. Tie, yeah. yeah. They... People were... They were charmed. But I didn't get any job offers on the spot. Except the sex shop. Like I got at Noir Leather. I did get a job offer on the spot, and I went in there. Keith Howarth, the owner of Noir Leather, bless his soul. Uh, he was like, wow, wow. I haven't seen anything like that in 25 years. Like, you, you got a job. You got a job. Dude, I was like, cool, <laughs> cool. Uh, and I went home and told my mom, and I was like, Mom, I was kind of nervous. And I was like, Mom, I got a job. And she's like, that's great, honey. It's like at a sex shop. And she's like, oh, very cool. <laughs> like, and, but um, she let you do it. Yeah, my parents, are th- they're the best. They're the Dude, absolute best. Dude, I was a best. fucking like, really Christian kid. Yeah, then. we weren't. <laughs> that's sick, man. I would fucking love to like have grown up in that type of environment to like know that like what what like i'm doing now and what you're doing is like a possibility you know so i don't even yeah i didn't even know that i will tell you that like i think they just um they just offered support like it, it wasn't it was like how you train a dog like the best way to train a dog is positive reinforcement um so i think they it wasn't like you could be anything yeah it was like we're gonna give you a foundation, and we're gonna put food in your belly, and make sure you have a good home, yeah. and uh, allow you to like just kind of see the possibilities, you know. Dude. So it wasn't like That's we were religious sick. at the same time. They weren't saying explaining religion. I think it was more of just do do your thing. Like here's here's a supportive household, you know, whatever. It was, you know, it was fucked up like anyone's household, but. Yeah. It was cool. It was a really cool job. I was 16. I think about 16. And uh, I worked at a movie theater when I was 16. Yeah. You know, same thing. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> we played movies in the back. Porn? Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> that was the whole, that was the, f- the funniest thing about it was like, uh, you know, Keith, the owner of Noir Leather, he's like, you know, you could work here, but you can't work in the back because uh, like, the front was all sort of clothing and stockings and stuff and shoes and then the back was 
you know, the cock rings and the dildos and, and whatever. Was it like a sketchy one or like a legit? N- no, like very similar to what to what Zoe's doing. Sick. Um, you know, S&M, sex positive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, staff that knows shit yeah not at 16 i i I faked it till i made it so i was back there um you know within a week i was like you know in the back selling dildos and cock rings and loving it and the cool thing about being in high school at that time is that half you know half the school is like and then the other half of the the girls at the school were like Dude, oh. did it help you get girls? Well, I, I was in a relationship with a college girl like almost the entire so time I was in high school. So it did help you get a girl. I don't know if it helped, she but was we in had... She college and you were 16. She, yeah, she was, I was a... Well, no, I was a junior, she was a senior, and then I was a senior, and then she went to college. So it's not quite the same thing. Still badass. Though. It was cool. She was great. Um... So, but we, you know, had a lot of fun because I worked at a sex shop and like she was down and I was down and yeah. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> that's fucking sick. But at the same time, it was like uh, what we want to practice today. It was like just, you know, trying new things. And at, at that point, like I was just fucking cum in my pants. Like, <laughs> 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 like making out with a girl on a trampoline and then just destroying my pants <laughs> the t- like so much <laughs> the dude. trampoline offers such a window into <laughs> suburban yeah, like dude. lust <laughs> oh you had a trampoline suburban teenage yeah. lust yeah yeah mom we're gonna oh go out God. and bounce around on the trampoline yeah and you like jump once yeah. and you're like your pants are tight <laughs> oh my god yeah growing up's a trip <laughs> it really is would you want to go back? Would you want to like do it again? Like if I knew what I knew now? Yeah, do you think that would be... Like, really what? think about it. Do you think that would be cool to be have your mind today in your 16-year-old body? I mean, I'd be way more smart. Maybe not smarter, but I'd have more experience. So why not? Like, because then I could... Like, okay, if I could go back 10 years and start stand-up then, and then now I'd be 13 years into stand-up true fuck i thought the same thing about writing and yeah i also don't think like it's just years that does it but if i pushed as as hard as i've been pushing for like this past year for those past 10 years yes that'd be incredible yeah you might actually be funny then i know maybe (laughs) (laughs) i'm joking i'm joking that was low low hanging fruit Dude, I think uh, the first time I did three shows in a night was with you. I love that night. That was fun. I, I hold that night in high esteem in my head. Was it? Did we do Trixies first? We did Trixies. Okay. Trixies. Um, we did Trixies. Heads. That was or great. Villains, then Craft Heads. Yeah, so we Dude, did Trixies. Dude, that's like, or th- doing three shows is like becoming more and more possible around here. It's, it's true. Sick. It's true. Um, yeah, I mean, doing three shows once you have two under your belt. The By the time we got to cone yeah. cone beers or whatever it's called <laughs> in Windsor, Craftheads, um, yeah, I felt, felt I felt amazing. Dude, I felt yeah. amazing, and it showed. We both had great sets, and uh, yeah, it was. You just you you gotta get those jitters. Like I wish I wish there was a practice set. 
Yeah. You know, like this right now, because we're on a stage and we're in the back room where the comedy show is, like, I know that I'll probably do better. The odds are that I'll probably do better tonight. Yeah. Just because I'm, like, working out some of that shit of just being, just talking yeah. and, and being comfortable. Well, for me, I think, like, like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be a show producer, but, but I think hosting it is helping me get better. But then also like learning how to like build a fucking crowd and an and audience. You built one. You built I'm, one. I'm pumped. I I feel good about it. And it it just it blows my mind to see. I don't know. There's there's like a a couple shows and producers here that I just like. It makes me so angry because they have. Either like such a fucking good setup and it's always dog shit like because they don't give a fuck and they don't build a crowd and uh, they don't talk to their audience members i don't know that like that just fucking bugs me so much well you've become like friends with some of the people that have come here consistently yeah 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 and honestly i feel like a huge part of my success is like uh noah and rachel you know both of them, right? Absolutely. Yeah, because Noah Elliott Morrison. Yeah, <laughs> and Rachel Dunkel. Rachel Dunkel. Give me a fucking break, dude. dude. How yeah. can you exist in this town without knowing I that know, dynamic duo? But uh, yeah, like they bring people, and it's great, and it's crazy to me. Like I asked Noah, like he came before Rachel and brought Rachel, who is the PBR lady, but he. She's did, more than that. Yeah, for sure. Excuse me. Uh, did you she's know a she, PBR rep. Did you also know that she's a erotic poet? I uh, did. She actually went to uh, nationals, like a national yeah. poet slam contest. Yeah, and like won a couple times. Yeah, she's legit. Yeah, but anyways, like I put up fucking flyers, and that Noah saw them and was like, "This looks fucking weird," and yeah. then came and was like, and has been here every week since. Most of them, yeah, yeah. it's sick. Yeah, but Noah, Noah's been around. I've known no, I've known Noah for a long time, and uh, you know he's he's one of those guys they call the radar, where you see the these radar. guys that are going to things. Oh, and, and they're like, they're oh, they're early adopters. Yeah. they're early adopters of cool shit. So we just got to say nice things about people like twenty minutes, forty minutes, sixty minutes, eighty minutes in. So it's like, hey, dude. I talked about you. It's like, like you got to listen, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be like, oh, it's about 42 minutes in. Yeah, tell Lloyd. Be like, it's you. in there. I can't remember exactly where it came up. But, man, like, I just sang your praises. Yeah. You're going to want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. So I just texted my girlfriend, uh, <laughs> the HBO login. You're my hero. That's the nicest thing she said to me in four and a half years. And we started dating about four and a half years ago. Really? How's it going? It's about four and a half years in. No, I said, how's it? Not how long. About four and a half years in. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Abby have been going for like three-something. It started with the height, but it ended up with love. Yeah, I was just like, you're tall, bitch. (laughs) 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 Let's fuck. Get in my truck. (laughs) Abby's amazing. I actually like Abby more than you. That's cool, dude. She's way cooler than me. She's very cool. Did you go to our show? I didn't. I didn't even get an invite. Well, you know Noah, he went. People couldn't see the look Actually, I just gave Bart, but it was like, mm, I didn't get that. People invite. still can't see it. I know, but I'm trying He's to like, like I'm trying to voice. Eyes. I'm like, mm. 
I would have loved to go. I wasn't. I wanted to go too. I wasn't here for it. Did I, I saw you outside of the Bronx, my haunt. If, yeah. if if I'm ever missing, like check for the Bronx. Dude, check you at the Bronx. Fucking start coming to more shows. It's true. Let's do it. It's true. I don't want to say I'm busy. Because you're not. Because I'm not. Yeah. But I saw you. I, I had not seen you in I a know. while, and I saw you at the Bronx, and it felt like fucking brothers seeing each other yeah, for the first time. That's great. You're like, I like you. You're one of the dudes mm. that I met, and I know. I want to kiss. That's why I, call, I describe myself as a radar guy. I'm like a early adopter of weirdos. Of of me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's fucking weird to like move to a brand new city and try and make friends as a late twenties person. Yeah. Well, look at the bronze ovaries on you, man. Like it's brave. I think it's brave as fuck. I don't know. It's not brave. I think it's brave. It's. I I feel like it also it kind of gives me like a, like an edge. It's definitely more edgy than Arizona. Oh yeah, no, but I'm saying like. Well, I mean, in terms of like a place to live, I mean, if we're sure, talking about a sure. concept, like immigration reform is edgy in Arizona. <laughs> So you were edgy by just living in a state that once wanted to have identifi- identification cards for immigrants. Yeah. But in terms I, of moving to a town that's perceived as edgy, uh, Detroit's the place. I'm saying, like, not a lot of people move here. And that's I don't true. know. I, I get to, <laughs> to kind of, like, start new, sort of. Not that I'm, like like, changed or anything, but... I don't know. Like I start going to all these mics and like I'm like oh yeah, I'm that dude from Arizona like give me a set. I don't know. And you didn't you headline uh DCF last night? DC no. DCU? No. Oh. Yeah, it was re- Edit. It just was edit that out. 3 2 1. <laughs> it was a really good show. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you dick. <laughs> Uh, no, but you you've found yourself in a community. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I fucking lucked out with the community of people that I've met. It's crazy. I don't know. I'm I'm just so happy to be here. We're happy to have you. <laughs> oh, thank you. And here's the mayor. We're going to give <laughs> Bart Dengus the key to <laughs> the Detroit. Key. We're happy to have you. <laughs> what would the key be made out of? Probably uh Broken dreams. No, it would be made out of, like, gold or bronze or whatever. Normal city keys are, because it's a normal city, like any other fucking city <laughs> on the planet. we here. Ugh. Yeah. Spent my whole life defending this goddamn place. You over it? I'm over defending it. Yeah. You know what I am really annoyed with already, even being here for a year and a half, is fucking Detroit gear. Like Detroit versus everybody. Detroit is uh, the new black. Detroit gear, yeah. Detroit fights you. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen that one. <laughs> I don't think that's real. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Detroit fights you. Like, I get it, but yeah. I also feel like you're just using the name. Especially if you're not from here. Like, if I made a company called Detroit is the new black... And that person wasn't from here. Like that's weird. Yeah, me. yeah. No, it is. There, there's no other city in the United States yeah. that speaks through T-shirts yeah. quite like the city of Detroit. That has changed in the last couple of years. 
Uh, I, I saw in Toronto. I saw a Toronto versus everybody. I believe shirt. it. And Tommy Walker. I mean, Tommy Walker founded Detroit versus everybody. Needs to uh, step up the cease and desists. Huh. Is he from here? Uh, yeah, he's from here. Um, he started Detroit versus everybody. Amazing entrepreneur. And but that shirt gets ripped off. Yeah, yeah. Like it's nobody's fucking business. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would imagine that conversation, uh, like, there was a song Eminem put out, and it was Detroit versus Everybody, and it was, like, a hip-hop posse cut. And posse cut is, like, where you have, like, six people on the track. Uh-huh. So it was, like, Dej Loaf. I think, like, Big Sean was on it. It was, like, all the Detroit rappers, right? Danny Brown was on it. Um, but I'd imagine that conversation wasn't like, hey, Tommy Walker, designer of Detroit versus Everybody, Here's a big check for letting mm. us use your name. I think it was like but can here's you some exposure. Oh, right? Yeah, see that's you which can't. exposure checks get cashed around this town like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, that's uh, I hate. Ugh. No, but it's good exposure. Hey, do you have any can you pay us? No, man, but it's going to be really good yeah, exposure. Trust me. You're going to blow up after this. Speaking to someone who can't be exposed to the sun for very long. I will tell you, exposure is dangerous. Dude, I hung out on Belle, Belle Isle. You need to have yesterday. SPF pay me. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> Thank you. You should use that tonight. I, I will. <laughs> Open with it. I don't have much, <laughs> so I will. Wait, would you ever move from here? In a heartbeat. Really? If if I had an inkling of an opportunity, like I would what? take it. But I would need I would need... I don't know if I could just jump and hope the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would need an opportunity. Right. I'm going to go check out L.A. at the end of October. No shit. Um, I just want to explore a little bit. I've been here my whole life. I've yeah. never lived anywhere else. I mean, that's where I was. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it here. It's so comfortable here. And Dude, as sick. a journalist, I've built so many relationships that when I need to, like, if I need to figure something out or, like, figure out a story... There's a lot of people I can call to to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And to lose that and go to a new place is scary at the same time. Dude, yeah. You got to grow and you got to check things out. So I am am legitimately looking at other places and seeing stuff, but not in the next year. L.A. or or New York? I don't know if I do New York. I think the weather in L.A. is is tempting. Like, that is something that speaks to me. The cold, I can feel it in my bones. The cars, though, man. It's, It's, yeah. It is. Well, there's a lot of cars, a lot of traffic. It's, yeah, it's fucking garbage. Yeah. I got to check it out, though. Yeah, There's a lot of people that live there, and, like, traffic's part of the reality. Yeah, yeah. You just sort of absorb it, and you live on. I mean, traffic sucks here sometimes, too. I mean, traffic sucks everywhere. Atlanta's got, like, the worst traffic everywhere. Anywhere, so. I don't know. I just want to go and check it out. Yeah. I like, like my, right now my goals and thoughts are like, like I want to get to the point where I'm like Diego or Josh, like that good in this Michigan scene. And then either do LA or New York. I'd rather go to New York, I think. Why is that? Traffic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah the new york traffic claim well you don't have yeah, to drive exactly but in la you don't have to drive no you do have to drive you have to you, yeah dude it's like unless i mean I, I guess it depends on what you're doing there but like 
you have to fucking drive. Man. I just want to go out there and make enough money where I can Uber without consciousness. Yeah. And see, that's what I, my thought is in New York, it'd be way easier to do that. It's going to be insane. I mean, you're talking to a guy that's like born and raised here. And so it will be nuts, like not having a car. Or maybe I'll get her. I don't know. I don't know. These motorcycle are like boring there, logistical probably. questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about making an exciting move to LA. Have you heard about the traffic? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do it. What I'm type not, of sedan would you buy? <laughs> right. Four, four door? Yeah, I don't know. I Maybe. I, I, like, I've been to LA a bunch, and maybe New York seems more exotic to me. But maybe. I also feel like maybe I would fit in. This fit in more with L.A. or New York comedy scene than L.A., but that's like a... See, I've been to New York a bunch. Okay. I've never been to L.A. Yeah. So I want to go check it out. Yeah. I get the, like, I don't know. It's 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 coming from a place like Detroit where there's all this stigma and bullshit reputation that's not accurate at all. I do have a tough time subscribing to anyone telling me anything about another city. If yeah. someone's like, Portland is a bunch of hipsters, like, I'll always take that with a grain of salt because I'm like, I live in a city where people are constantly telling me or people come from out of town and they come to Detroit and like, I heard this. I heard you'll get stabbed with a rusty pencil if you look yeah. at someone <laughs> the wrong way pencils uh, are metal here like i had uh two family members in from town they were at a local shop they were four blocks away from the restaurant i was meeting them at and i said hey you could walk to this restaurant yeah. and they were like that sounded great but subplot they had to ask the question can i walk four blocks to meet you in detroit yeah. this is in midtown all right dude and no. the person at the fucking store i'm pissed about this the person at the store was like, oh, no, you can't walk that. You can't oh, walk that. And off. I got so livid. So I get the, like, traffic trope. I get the, yeah. all the bullshit. But dude, okay. I don't want to believe it because I come from a city where we constantly hear negative bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not true. Like, I, uh, oh, wait, here comes oh, here, here comes that oh, charming no. cough up. No. Nope. Oh. Hard Jeez, left turn to go smoke. That'll fix that cough up. Okay, when I first visited Detroit, like, uh, my friend stayed off a... Uh, Canfield and like like right by the wig. Oh, right by where your fucking apartment or your girl's apartment. Yeah, or yeah. your apartment. Yep. On that street. Mm -hmm. And we walked to the Bronx and shit. And like me and Abby both remember being like, holy shit, this is fucking sketchy. But like now that we know, it's not at all. Nope, not at all. But I feel like that's a bitch for like. But that's fine because yeah. you had you had you know people have well, this yeah, perception. That's, that's all I fucking heard. You know, I don't blame people for having yeah. that perception. But I will say though, in Portland, I played a show there on tour, and uh, nobody came to our show. But there was a boutique, boutique ice cream store across mm. the street that had a line that wrapped around the block. <laughs> Fuck that. You dude. know, people stupid coast to coast. Yeah, I know. I sounded like Zach there. <laughs> you did. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Zach, yeah. my angel, my boy. Dude, I, he, he was he I was gonna be him. the surprise guest. Oh, I wish. He's my he's my boy. Dude, text him. I I I'm asked him if he'd help me do the show, but he's a little bitch sometimes. He he's a bitch sometimes. Last week, uh, since I was out of town, Abby hosted the show as me. 
I saw photos of her Did in you? your My suit. My and suit, yeah. And, you know, I'm essentially a married man. I was like... Turned on. Damn. She filled those <laughs> pants out, boy. <laughs> yeah. I I hit up her DMs. Yeah. <laughs> you said, you fill those pants out, girl. No, I hit up her DMs. I said, hey, Bart, can I get five minutes? <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I heard she did really good. Like, I mean, the whole, like, idea with it was to have her host it and not say anything about it not being me. Did she nail that? That's a tough, yeah, that's a tough thing. She, she said fucking K kept on blowing her cover. Right. Like, she walked in and be like, ah, yeah, ah Miss Simpson. <laughs> yeah. What a bitch. I know. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm going to do a little bit of a K bit tonight, I was thinking. Please. I was thinking about it today. Dude, one of the best uh, line, like when K has walked in and fucking, you know, said something with her smoker voice. One of the This one? Yeah. She's like, I'm a whoopee in the ass. Like, she says shit like that. The best thing that anyone has said yet was Diego. And he s- said something about how, like, like give her a kiss and it'll break the spell <laughs> or something like that and it was like oh my god dude he was fucking quick too it was sick Diego man he's funny yeah god damn love that guy I think Zach's phone is uh, off uh, yeah sometimes you can't he either like deletes his Facebook doesn't have a phone you can only talk to him through Twitter changes his Twitter unfriends you blocks you he's dramatic he's yeah. dramatic I don't, you know, Zach and Brett, they're kind of perceived as like a uh, couple, and they are. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely the dramatic one. Huh. To say Brett Mercer is more stable than Zach, I mean, it's, all, it's a stretch, but <laughs> it's true. Have you listened to their podcast? No. I listened to one. Can't do it. Yeah. But uh, they did like a recording the other night when at Trixie's when Brett was out of town, mm-hmm. and they had me on... And I just pretended to be Mercer. <laughs> <laughs> How did that go? I mean, it was fine. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's weird. I, I didn't feel like I like podcasts like this more because that was more of like, let's try and one up each other's jokes, which sometimes is really funny. But <sighs> I just like, it doesn't work. man. Yeah. It but dude, work. what about like, I don't, I don't listen to this podcast, but come town. Like that's one of the. F- that's exactly what they do, and they're, like, huge. Yeah. Which but is amazing. I'd give them credit. I mean, I think they – there's a little pizzazz on it. Yeah, I, I don't, don't listen know. to it. Do you? No, I do. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I think they, they just have – sometimes there's chemistry. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's the key. You ever heard me and Wesley Ward talk? Together? Yeah. No. <whistles> Good. Chemistry. Dude, I try and get him to fucking come out. Here I would love, I would, me and Wes would happily do a set with you or a podcast a po- with you because okay. we've got like a thing. We don't even yeah. know each other that well, but whenever we're like, because at uh, my show, which is currently on hiatus, yeah. it's called Six Pack. What the fuck? We might bring it back. You should. I kind of want to do it here. Do it. Like instead. Yeah. You know? I don't want to do it. Donovan's is cool, but it's, it's a great it's place. Not a good setup for. I just don't know if it's the place. Yeah. Anyway, so we just like I interview people after they do a set at my show. Yeah, it's fun. And, I like uh, that. You know, we keep it quick. We keep it moving. 
But I'm always more comfortable. Like you talked about gaining uh, certain things when you were a host. Like you learn things. Yeah. And I, I always, you know, I've had my moments as a comic, maybe, but as a host, as like playing off of someone, I do way better. I'm probably built for improv better than I am for, for comedy. <laughs> yeah. Is what I tell myself. Nah, man, you just gotta write. Right. What's your What's your writing uh, r- regime? Oh, when man. When you were like doing it. Uh, for stand up. Right. Nothing. Oh no, I wrote oh, a okay. lot. Yeah, I wrote a lot. Um, and then hated it, and then tried to read off of it oh, too directly. Yeah. yeah. Which I've yeah. definitely learned in radio. Like when you read off a script, you can hear it. Yeah, you can hear it. So imagine doing it in front of a live yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah. You well, know? I've seen it a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> like when you're so like, yeah. like you're so regimented. See, and th- that's what I'm saying with like when y- you find those dudes who are like, so guys, like, have you ever been blah blah blah? It's like you never talk with that cadence or would ever say that like in a normal conversation exactly. outside smoking to someone. You and know? that's the same thing with radio, where you yeah. think like you have to have the, and up next, the news. Yeah, dude, it's the same exact thing. Like, and you don't want voice it. is DJ voice. Like, right. Yeah. And then you don't, that's not what, you know, but people your think, employer wants. Yeah, they don't yeah. want you to talk like that. They want you to talk naturally. And it's it takes a long time yeah. to get to a place where you can talk naturally. And that's the biggest fucking struggle with yeah. with stand up comedy. My my thing that I keep on trying to not do is between bits or after bits, I'll just say, So I don't know. Like I say that a lot. You're big on that. Yeah, You're big it on that. Sucks. It doesn't you know you know, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Are you texting Zach through Yeah via Twitter? Twitter. Do you respond? Um, not yet. Uh. Not yet. <sighs> yeah. Do you tighten up this with edits no. at all or not? No. Okay. okay. I like that's <laughs> that's what I like. <laughs> that's what I like. Like I like to listen to fucking. Are you going to go back and listen to this? Uh, I listen to that's some a of no. them occasionally. That's yeah, a no. that's a no. But uh, no, I'm saying that's the type of podcast that I like. I will. I'm gonna fuck my girlfriend of this. Dude, I hope you do. Yeah, give it to her. <laughs> okay, now lick her butt. <laughs> what? What's your girlfriend's name again? Uh, Brad. It's not Brad. Bradlina. Bradlina. <laughs> Bradlina. She's nice. I like her. Thank you. Even though he called her a bitch earlier. Didn't. Uh, didn't say that. Yeah, you did. I think it was edited well, out. I saw it with your eyes, though. Did you? Yeah, you wink Morse coded me. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, uh, I don't know. Dude, I got to fucking piss. And we're at an hour. Yeah. Hour really? 10. Yeah. Dude, isn't it weird how quick it goes? Yeah. All right, well, let's fucking do one with uh, Wes. I'd love to. I keep on trying to get him to come here. He's so good. I don't know if he likes the format. Yeah, he doesn't. I've I've heard like yeah. through people, and it's like a lot of people are scared of it. Which the thing is, he's really good at crowd work, responding, yeah. you know, yeah. responding. But like, I don't know why he doesn't like it. But yeah. there's a lot of guys. Who is uh, Adam Herzl? Doesn't like it. Really? Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't know that. Um, who's another guy? I love it though. Like I think it's great. Yeah. I think some of the best stuff I've done here is off of people. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? 
I do better off people. It's it's like it's yeah. it's your free joke. See, and that's like I feel like I do too, and I'm trying to like make sure I have enough material to go back into that or yeah. good enough material, you know? Yeah. Like the second anybody calls me out at being called or looking like Jesus, it is just such an easy fucking layup. I could see it. I mean, my I could ha- see it. Yeah. What's it, your layup? What do, what do you go with? Like I just, you know. Like, the last one that happened, I heard somebody say, he kind of looks like Jesus. And I finished my bit, and I was like, who the fuck just said I look like Jesus? <laughs> and then I was like, you see, that's the problem. Like, you're blowing my cover. Like, uh, you think I want to hang on that cross again? Like, maybe I want to hang out, you know? Yeah. You know, that whole sh- shtick. <laughs> and it fucking works, like, yeah. 99% of the time. I love this room, but I also, I was just remembering that I did have my worst bomb of all time here uh and that was great but that was one of those things where uh, the night before i had done comedy and i underestimated the fact that a lot of my friends were in the room and when you have a lot of your friends in the room uh you know they're in like no matter what you're doing they're just excited to see you do it and they're laughing like like, friends that aren't comics friends that aren't comics yeah uh and they were like oh dude that story was amazing because I like to do storytelling. Yeah, yeah. It's really uncommon in comedy today to tell stories <laughs> or be really personal. But I like to do it. Groundbreaking shit. It's groundbreaking here, stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I thought, like, oh, man, like, wow, I've really got something here. And then I told it here, and it was a packed crowd. <laughs> and it was brutal. <laughs> it was so brutal. It was so brutal. Oh, and it just man. wasn't good, and I wasn't confident. Yeah. Dude, and your conf- confidence relays everything. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Diego went up after me. And he said, fucking command. He said, uh, what happened, guys? You liked comedy five minutes ago. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I deserve that. I deserve that. But it was an experiment. You got to try and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. That's fun for me to go back to Arizona and be like, hey, I'm in town. I'm going to do two sets, like come out. And then it'll be like a shitty room like this. And it'll be like half of my friends. And it's like usually pretty decent they're all in yeah they're just excited to see it yeah kind of yeah or maybe not your friends are I don't yeah, know. Uh, yeah they're probably excited to see it. <laughs> but you're ours now bart dangus oh, you're a detroiter yeah. now we're so happy to Thank have you, you sir and thanks for having me on the podcast man yeah dude appreciate it so when do i i listen to your radio show uh weekdays 12 to 2 it's called culture shifts with amanda leclaire i produce that show do a lot of segments on it fuck yeah and it's on wdet 101.9 fm npr affiliate for detroit cool ryan patrick cooper yeah everybody thank you Bart. that's mostly just to your girlfriend because she'll be the only one listening (laughs) love you baby goodbye